0: It is great to see all of you here today. We want to welcome you. I hope you feel welcome. We say welcome home around here a lot, and we hope all of our guests feel exactly that, welcomed home. If you're a guest, we'd love to connect with you. We've got some cool gifts for you, as a matter of fact. If you will fill out that guest card you got and hand it to a volunteer, we'll make sure to get those gifts to you. And uh, if you would please just stand for the reading of the word, we're going to go right into the word, 2 Kings chapter 5, and we'll end with Psalm 34, 2 Kings 5, verse 1. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria, he was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and brought back a captive young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who was from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive? that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy. Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king and said, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh will be restored to you and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. And not are not the Abana and the Farfar, far the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage, and his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you have not done it? How much more then when he says to you, Wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a child, and he was clean. Great story. Great story. The Bible says in the New Testament, this story is given to us as an example. We can learn some things from this. Now look with me to Psalm 34, first three verses. I will bless the Lord at all times. Everybody say at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Today, I want to entitle this message, If you will bless Him, He will bless you. If you will bless Him, He will bless you. We're going somewhere today, y'all. God's going to show out before this day's over, I'm telling you. And I want to say a prayer before we get going any further. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank You for these wonderful people. I thank You for the Word of the Lord. I pray that You'd anoint my mouth to speak my mind, Lord. And I pray that you'd anoint us to hear what the Spirit is saying, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Paul told the church at Ephesus that God's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Peter said God's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Without a doubt, it is God who has already blessed us. Tremendously. We call that grace. So what do I mean when I say, if you will bless him, he will bless you? What I mean is this. Although he's already blessed us, we get a hold of his blessings. We receive his blessings. We appropriate his blessings into our own lives by faith. Paul said we enter into this grace by faith. And one of the most effective ways of releasing your faith is by blessing the Lord at all times. Not just in good times, not just in mediocre times, but even in bad times. If He is blessed by your blessings, then you will be blessed by His blessings. In other words... If you bless Him, He will bless you. In the Old Testament story we read, we see two of the greatest examples of blessing the Lord at all times in all of the Bible. The first example in this story is this little servant girl. Precious little servant girl. We don't even know her name. It's not given. She's a victim of war crimes. She's been trafficked. She's been kidnapped. Separated from her family. She's a stranger in a strange land full of strange people who have strange customs. Some traditions claim it was Naaman's accurate arrow that killed King Ahab, her king. It's quite possible that her master was responsible for the killing of her family. And he stole her childhood, her innocence, and her future. One day... She was just a little girl playing in Israel. The next day, she was a slave. She was employed, but it was not with pay in Syria. As a little girl growing up in Israel, no doubt she had a loving family. A mom and dad and brothers and sisters and parents and uh, grandparents, cousins, friends. She had dreams of growing up having a family of her own. But now all that was gone. And what's remarkable to me is that when her master, who was her slave owner, got sick, when he was suffering from leprosy, she started declaring the greatness of her God. She started declaring the power of her God and the goodness of her God. She did not let her messed up situation keep her from bragging on her God. Even to those who had done her wrong. If anybody had a right to sulk. Jeff, if anybody had a right to pout. If anybody had a right to have a bad attitude and be in a bad mood. It was this little girl. But she did not let her bad circumstances keep her from proclaiming the praises of her God. Like the psalmist said, I will make my boast in the Lord. You see, she could not boast about her current situation because she was a hot mess. She couldn't boast about her circumstances at the time. They were not good. But she could brag on the greatness of her God. He had not changed. He was still on the throne. And she told old Mrs. Naaman, she said, oh, you got to understand the power of my God. Amen? And folks, when the conditions are not ideal, and when it seems like you can't go on, I want to encourage you, get your eyes off yourself and your circumstances, and get your eyes on Jesus, and begin to declare His greatness and His goodness. Why don't you even tell somebody that doesn't deserve it, He can even help you. Why don't you tell somebody who may have hurt you and done you wrong, God, can help you. One of the greatest ways we can bless the Lord. Is by getting our eyes off of ourselves. And getting our eyes on God. Amen. And it's, it's so important that we look around. And take inventory of other people. It's not just about us. There are other people around us who may be suffering as well. When we get our eyes off ourselves. And start trying to connect others to our great God. God has a way of taking care of our needs as well. Check this out. This is faith. Even though her God was a deliverer. She was a slave at the time. I mean her God obviously historically had proven himself to be a deliverer. But she was a slave. But rather than letting that shut her down. She looked around and found a sick man. And she said, he might not have delivered me yet, but he might just heal you right now. (laughs) You might just walk away with your healing if you'll approach him. Hey, listen, while you're waiting on your miracle, why don't you focus on helping somebody else get theirs? Amen? While you're struggling with that sickness or with that addiction, While you're wrestling with those bills, or maybe you're struggling through a divorce, why don't you brag on your God about how good He is? Hey, listen, I may be struggling, but my God is on the throne, and He'll help you right where you are. (laughs) One of my favorite stories is about a fella 30 years ago in Fort Smith, Arkansas. His name was Jack Shock. Now, he is Terry Shock's father. Kendra Shock's grandfather. Jack suffered from kidney disease and he was on kidney dialysis every day. He was a young husband and father, a young man. Why was this happening to him? But rather than becoming bitter and moping and complaining about his circumstances, Jack decided he would bless the Lord at all times. He went every day to dialysis. With five other gentlemen. And he asked those five guys. Listen. While we're sitting here every day. Would you mind. If I brought my little chart. And I taught you a home Bible study. And those men said that would be great. That's fine with us. At the end of that Bible study. All five of those men. Repented. Were baptized in Jesus name. And filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Soon afterward, Jack got a kidney transplant. It looked like everything was going great. But not very long afterwards, his body rejected it, and Jack's life was cut short. But those men were changed for eternity. One of them had been suicidal until he met Jack shock, and Jack led him to Jesus. Jack bragged on his God in the middle of his own trouble, and others were blessed because of it. I had this realization this week. Life Point was not built by people who had it all together inviting other people to come try to get it all together as well. I know y'all. I know your stories. Trust me. Life Point was built by people who were in process, who had pieces missing, but who would brag on the greatness of their God to others, and they were invited to come in and partake of this good God's mercies and blessings. We were built that way in the past. And will be, be built that way in the future. Notice what the psalmist said. I will bless the Lord at all times. He's by himself. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make his boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it. And be glad. I'm going to tell somebody else about the goodness of my God. And then I'll say, hey, why don't you come with me? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. Brag on your God in the middle of rough and tough circumstances. The second example in this story is Naaman himself. He was this hot shot general. An extraordinary military strategist and tactician, skilled at war. He wore a uniform that was covered in medals, medals of honor and valor and bravery. He had been handsomely rewarded for his efforts. As a matter of fact, he was rich. He was powerful. He had a beautiful wife and family. He owned a sprawling estate in the country. But he was a leper. And in those days, leprosy was devastating, an incurable disease that would strip the victim of everything they had. It was Naaman's Achilles heel, his one vulnerability. He was a leper. Now, I've observed as a pastor through the years, we tend to categorize life into two camps. I've got my spiritual life and I've got my natural life or my religious life, and my secular life. We see church as being separate and apart from the real world. God, we think, may care about our eternal salvation, and He connects with us in this one hour we spend together on Sunday, but it's only to get us to heaven. He's not so much interested, this is the way we think, in the other 167 hours of the week, He's not so much interested in our menial needs, you know, like our finances or our health or our relationships or our work. But that's not true. God does care about the rest of the week, and He does care about more than you just getting to heaven. And and this is not just something we do here to get us to heaven. Nevertheless, so many people live with church being separate from the rest of their life. But often, it's interesting to me, when we have trouble in the natural, we go running to the spiritual. When the heat is on, man, we start seeking for his supernatural help. Ironically, when we have trouble in the real world, we go to that spiritual world and try to merge the two. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you with me? Isn't this exciting? Well, in our story, Naaman was doing fine without God. Not a trouble in the world. We have no record of him ever seeking God. He even killed Israel's king, according to some rabbinical sources. It wasn't until he got physically sick that he was open to a new spiritual reality. It wasn't until he got some trouble cooking in his life in the natural realm that he decided to turn to this God that this young lady had talked to him about. That's just people. But what I love about the Lord, and we see it in our story here, is that when Naaman came to the prophet of God, the Lord did not chastise Naaman for only seeking him when he had a problem in the natural. The Lord did not look to him and say, Nope. Sorry, bud. You didn't seek me when things were going good. And now that things have turned south, you've come to me and I got one thing to say to you. You're on your own. I don't want to get involved with you. Rather, God met him right where he was and said, I can help you. And I will help you. Let me just encourage somebody today. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that God doesn't care about you where you are or because you are not a spiritual powerhouse or have not been in the past that God's not going to help you right now in your struggles. If you're struggling with your health or your relationships or your finances or your job, I'm here to tell you if you will bless him, he will bless you. Blessing him for this little girl meant telling others about him even though she had not received her miracle. Blessing him for Naaman, however, meant doing what the prophet told him to do even though it did not make sense. The Lord was going to help him merge that natural world with the supernatural. Naaman was told to go dip in the Jordan River Seven times. Now the Jordan River was a muddy river. It was a messy river. It would be like the Red River used to be in North Louisiana before the Army Corps of Engineers got a hold of it and turned it into a resort. Back in the day, people would jump off the bridge into the Red River and disappear. And it would be like, we saw somebody jump off the bridge, but we can't find them. Why? Why? It's so muddy. It's so turbulent. They'd show up in Alexandria or something, you know, like they'd find them, you know, a long time later because it was such a nasty, muddy river. Now it's like a resort. My mom and dad like to go out there every year and go fishing. They get a camp out there. And, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I haven't lived there in a long time. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. They took me out there and showed you. It's beautiful. I'm like, this is not the same river that I remember Growing up as a kid, we were always told, you stay away from that river. Now they go to the river. Another river to me that just sounds nasty is the Chafuncta River, right? I mean, I respect, you know, the, the etymology of the name, I'm sure. But like in my language, that just sounds nasty, Right? And so Naaman was told, you go dip seven times in the Jordan River. Well, he had a couple of rivers that he preferred. They were much better over in Damascus. They were much cleaner. He preferred those rivers. But Elisha was saying, in a sense, here's how you can bless him, Naaman. Do what he says to do. If you will do what he says to do, I'm telling you, your skin will be made flat, uh, fresh and clean, Right? You'll be made clean. Blessing him often involves trusting him. It's a faith move. He may ask you to do something in the natural, but it will have an effect on the supernatural. If you will bless him, he will bless you. That's a baptistry over there. And it's full of water. And 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 you know, it's just water. What difference can a little water make? It's Crazy when you think about it. But Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. He didn't give a deep theological explanation. He didn't try to fill in all the blanks. It was just a command. And 3,000 people that day blessed the Lord by going down in the water in the name. You can argue over the method and the formula until you're blue in the face. But why not just get baptized in the name of Jesus, that name that's above every name, and be washed clean, washing away your sins? That's what Ananias told Paul. Arise, be baptized, calling on the name of the Lord, washing away your sins. It doesn't seem to make sense, but it doesn't have to make sense. If you will bless him, he will bless you. Say that with me. If you will bless him... Amen. Malachi says, You've robbed me by withholding the tithe and offering. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. Now, you can argue 10%. Is it gross? Is it net? It's under the law, even though it predated the law. Why don't, let me just suggest, why don't you just let it go? Give the tithe, give the offering. And receive the blessing. You don't have to understand how it works. God knows how to get His blessings to you. The eighth Psalm says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Your name in all the earth, who have set Your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, You have ordained strength because of Your enemies, that You may silence the enemy and the avenger. Jesus quoted this in Matthew 21, 16. And He said, Out of the mouths of babes you have perfected praise. He was in the temple. And here's what was going on. The people were praising Him. And He was healing them all. If you will bless Him, He will bless you. He was healing. They were praising. They were blessing. He was blessing. If you will bless him in spite of your circumstances, he will bless you. If you will bless him by obeying everything he puts in your heart, then he will bless you. If you'll worship him, even in the bad times, he will get his best blessings to you. He has already blessed us with spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He has already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He has already poured out his spirit on all flesh. But if you want to receive those spiritual blessings, if you want to receive those things that pertain to life and godliness, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, you got to receive it in faith. And no matter what your circumstances may be, brag on your God. No matter what He asks of you, what His requirements may be, do what He says. No matter how you feel about it, bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be. Be in my mouth. If you will bless him, I'm telling you, he has sent me to tell you, he will bless you. He wants to bless you more than you want to bless your own kids. I've already told you, Alexander's leaving. We're mourning about that. Valerie's really mourning about that. It's sad. The youngest, here he goes again. Sad about it. We want to bless our kids. Don't you want to bless your kids? Brendan, don't you want to bless my granddaughter's son? Because I do. You want to bless your kids. But more than you want to bless your kids, he wants to bless you. Your heavenly father wants to bless you. You belong to him. He's got good things. He's got plans for you. Plans to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. He wants to get his best to you. He's not withholding any good thing from you. He's got good things for you. If you will bless him, he will bless you. Well, like, why is he holding back? I'm telling you, it's less about him holding back and more about us not blessing him. If you'll bless him, he will bless you.